Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I will try and use it wisely. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, thank you so much. I'm grateful that you come back. I'm grateful that you're willing to share this little podcast with others. So thank you so much. Hopefully it makes your day a little better, gives you something to look forward to, and hopefully it helps our country just a little bit. We finally got that rain that they've been talking about. And it looks like we may get the rain that they've been talking about for the last half year because it started pouring and it doesn't look like it's going to stop for a little while. So we shall see. We have puddles already in the road. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast. Thank you for the people that listen to it and share it. Be with them and their families. God, and bless them. Surround them with your angels. Thank you for the rain that brings the crops And that helps the grass to grow to feed the animals we raise. Thank you for the farmers and ranchers across our nation and around the world. The salt of the earth. Thank you for our law enforcement and our military, Father our firefighters, those who risk their lives to protect us. Give them wisdom and courage and a strong faith. Keep them safe. Bring them home to their families. Comfort the loved ones of those who we have lost. Bring them home to you. Strengthen our faith, Father. Give us assurance. Help us to be still before you and trust in you. And trust in your timing and not our own when we get in a hurry and we want things to work out exactly the way we want them to, Father, instead of depending on you. And guide my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen. We're not going to get through all these. <laughs> I don't even know how many we're going to get through. But we are going to spend a little time today with Washington. And I think I said this recently. But, you know, the very best country throughout the entire history of the world has been 
the United States. It doesn't mean we're perfect, folks. But you can have the best, just like you can have the best of men who aren't perfect, but are still phenomenal men. Because the only person who has ever been perfect is Jesus Christ. That's why we have to have him as a sacrifice for us. Because otherwise, we're lost. And and the only government that will ever be perfect is when he's in control. Someday down the road. But this is the best we've got. It's the best anybody's ever had. And so instead of listening to people today who claim to know a lot more than these men and women who set up our nation at the very beginning. And I say women folks intentionally because you can make the comment that you want uh, about women not being involved in the government. And I would argue that's a pretty good point to make, perhaps not the way that you are wanting to make it. But those women supported their husbands. People always ask me, you know, when we were in the Marine Corps, I always say we were in the Marine Corps. They're like, oh, your wife was a Marine too. No. But every time I went away, every time I went overseas, every time I left even for training for a week or a month or whatever it was, she had to hold the fort down. She had to do everything. She had to be both temporarily husband and wife. There was nobody else there, especially because we were 2,000 miles away from our closest. Well, we had a few relatives out there, but we didn't get to see them very often, actually. But we were really 2,000 miles away from home, from people we had grown up with and trusted and knew. And so she was completely on her own. And so that's why I make the comment, the men and women that founded our nation, but it would we, we would do a lot better to listen to those men and women than people today that claim to know what they're talking about and claim that they've got a better way and claim that this system that people are so desperate to get to, the foundational principles, not what we have become today, sadly, that somehow that they know more. It doesn't make much sense to listen to them, folks. So Washington, founding father, the father of our nation, guy who knows about sacrifice, knows about love of country, determination. When he was 15, he wrote 110 rules of civility and decent behavior in company and conversation. And we're going to read through some of them. And we'll just see where it goes. Every action done in company ought to be with some sign of respect to those who are present. And I may make a comment about a few of these folks and the rest of them I'm just going to kind of read through. When in company... Put not your hands to any part of the body, not usually discovered. 
Show nothing to your friend that may affright him. In the presence of others, sing not to yourself with a humming voice or drum with your fingers or feet. If you cough, sneeze, sigh, or yawn, do it not loud but privately, and speak not in your yawning, but put your handkerchief or hand before your face and turn aside. Sleep not when others speak, sit not when others stand, speak not when you should hold your peace, walk not on when others stop. Put not off your clothes in the presence of others, nor go out of your chamber half-dressed. Lord, we could use that one a little bit today, folks. We've forgotten what a big deal the way we dress is. And we have a lot of people. <laughs> I'm going to throw my mother-in-law under the bus who has uh, often been proved right in her little comments. And this is one that is so true and it makes me smile every time I think of it. Uh, we have gone out in public before and then in the privacy of our own conversations later noticed someone out and her comment is that, you know, these, these people that, and you've seen them folks, you've seen them in different places when you've been out that are just completely dressed absolutely inappropriately. They've got half clothing on at best, uh, or clothing that's far too tight or far clothing that's far too loose and sags down to their knees. And her comment is, you know, that person got up today. They got dressed, and as they were about to walk out the door, they looked in the mirror at themselves, and they said, you know, I look good. This is a good idea. I'm going to go out in public like this, and then they turn and walk out the door, and that's how we get the pleasure of seeing them. At play and attire... It's good manners to give place to the last comer, and affect not to speak louder than ordinary. Spit not into the fire, nor stoop low before it. Neither put your hands into the flames to warm them, or set your feet upon the fire, especially if there be meat before it. When you sit down, keep your feet firm and even, without putting one on the other or crossing them. Shift not yourself in the sight of others, nor gnaw on your nails. Shake not the head, feet, or legs, roll not the eyes. Lift not one eyebrow higher than the other, wry not the mouth, and bedew no man's face with your spittle by approaching too near him when you speak. Kill no vermin or fleas, lice, ticks, etc. in the sight of others. If you see any filth or thick spittle, put your foot de dexterously upon it. If it be upon the clothes of your companions, put it off privately, and if it be upon your own clothes, return thanks to him who puts it off. Turn not your back to others, especially in speaking. Jog not the table or desk or which another reads or writes. Lean not upon anyone. Keep your nails clean and short, also your hands and teeth clean, yet without showing any great concern for them. Do not puff up the cheeks, loll not out the tongue with the hands or beard. 
thrust out the lips or bite them, or keep the lips too open or too close. Be no flatterer, neither play with any that delight not to be played with. Read no letters, books, or papers in company. But when there is a necessity for doing it, you must ask leave. Come not near the books or writings of another so as to read them unless desired, or give your opinion on them unasked. Also, look not nigh when another is writing a letter. You know, those last two comments of his right here, uh, I think, again, have a lot of place today. Don't give your opinion unless you're asked. We like to give our opinion today to people. We like to stick our head into other people's, our nose into other people's business when it hasn't been asked for. Uh, reminds me of the proverb, somebody that gets into another person's argument, it's like a passerby who grabs the ears of a dog and sticks their face in their face. If you know anything about dogs, a strange dog grabbing it by the ears and sticking your face real close to its face usually does not end well, even if the dog has a kind disposition. And when we stick our nose into other people's business, when they haven't asked for it, and I'm not talking about the arrogant, childish, you know, this is an A-B conversation and you can see your way out of it kind of thing. I'm talking about a serious issue that needs to be addressed or, or has the potential to cause problems. But people, sometimes people need a little time to think through it before we stick our words, our mouth into it, trying to tell them how to fix it. I think many of us that have been married, especially, well, it really works both ways. I was going to say men because we like to fix things, but uh, women like to offer their opinion just as frequently. We look at our spouse and we see some problem they're having and we go, well, you should just do X, Y, and Z instead of sitting there and listening to them and trying to understand what they're actually going through. We just want to offer solution. And really, often, folks, what is that translating to? What's that revealing? It's showing that, nah, we, I really don't have time to listen to you. I really don't want to listen to you that much. So let me just go ahead and give you my opinion. And then we'll move on. Because obviously, I'm so bright that my opinion is going to fix it completely. And then the last thing here about don't look at another when they're writing a letter. This would translate to cell phones today. How often have you seen people look over the shoulder of somebody who's texting or sending an email on their phone trying to read it? If that person wanted you to read what was on their phone, folks, or their computer screen, or if they are still happen to be writing a letter these days, they would ask you to come look at it. Right? It's, it's kind of the same with food, too. You have this plate of food. If somebody wanted you to come taste their food, they would ask you to before you just come over and stick your finger in it. Right? So, just little simple things. And, and this ties in again, folks. We've talked about this before. You know, Giuliani, when he was mayor up in New York, reduced major crime a great deal by focusing on the small crime. He focused on the little things, and all of a sudden, the big things decreased. Let your countenance be pleasant, but in serious matters somewhat grave. The gestures of the body must be suited to the discourse you are upon. 
I'm going to go back to the previous one, let your countenance be pleasant. How often do we look around and we have this really grim, sad face, folks? Especially those of us that claim to follow Jesus Christ. And I'm guilty of this. Lord, I'm so guilty of this. We follow Jesus Christ. He's our Lord and Savior. We know that someday, because of his sacrifice, we're going to get to spend eternity with God and him in heaven, where there will be no more sorrow and no more tears. And it's going to be so wonderful that there's no human mind that can comprehend it. No eye that has ever seen anything like it. That ought to put a smile on our face every day, and yet it doesn't. And there's a little acronym that I'm not even going to dine to put to say right here, but most of y'all know it when you're talking about somebody and they have this really stoic face, right? They have this face that just looks mean, just the way they're sitting there. And we've kind of come to like where we accept that. You shouldn't have a look on your face that's so rude that it drives other people away. It doesn't mean you have to sit there and chatter on incessantly and draw everyone to you. But there's a difference between being calm, maybe even a little stoic, and, and outwardly projecting coldness, rudeness. Reproach none for the infirmities of nature, nor delight to put them that have in mind thereof. Show not yourself glad at the misfortune of another, though he were your enemy. That's almost straight out of Proverbs, folks. And I think of that one often. When you have an enemy and they stumble and fall, God tells us very clearly not to rejoice in it. Because if you do, he's going to take his wrath away from that person to begin with. And if you really want the greatest punishment for your enemy, or you want to see a change in your enemy, the best thing you can do is have them draw close to God and Jesus Christ. Have God keep their eye on them. <clears throat> when you see a crime punished, you may be inwardly pleased, but always show pity to the suffering offender. Basically in the same line there, folks. Do not laugh too loud or too much at any public spectacle. We could use that one. Superfluous compliments and all affectation of ceremonies are to be avoided, yet where do they are not to be neglected. And putting off your hat to persons of distinction, as noblemen, justices, churchmen, etc., make a reverence, bowing more or less according to the custom of the better bread and quality of the persons. Among your equals, expect not always that they should begin with you first but to pull off the hat when there is no need of affectation. In the manner of saluting and re-saluting in words, keep to the most usual custom. Tis ill manners to bid one more eminent than yourself be covered, as well as not to do it to whom it is due. Likewise, he that makes too much haste to put on his hat does not well. Yet he ought to put it on at the first, or at most the second time of being asked. Now, what is herein spoken of qualification and behavior in saluting, 
ought also to be observed in taking place and sitting down for ceremonies without bounds are troublesome. If any one come to speak to you while you are sitting, stand up, though he be your inferior, and when you present seats, let it be to everyone according to his degree. All right. So we didn't even get through, I don't know, barely made it into the late 20s. So at any rate, folks, there's a lot of good stuff in here. There's 110 of these. We might come back at some point and do some more. Uh, I may come back and, and do a couple on the next podcast that are later on. It's a good thing to think about. It's something our founders, our, the father of our nation, talked about. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.